Okay. Romans chapter 5 says, Verse 5, such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us. For God, God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. All right. If you have received the Holy Spirit, the love of God has been shed abroad in your hearts. If you have received the Holy Spirit, the love of God has been shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. So if we're talking about a Holy Ghost revival, if we're talking about the lame walking, if we're talking about the deaf hearing, the blind seeing, the dead being raised, if we're talking about this thing going like a bushfire out of control all over through the city, through the country, through the world, people running to Jesus, people coming to Christ in masses. It's going to be through the Holy Ghost, which means the love of God will be shed abroad in every person's heart. Which means, this is not a self-seeking thing. Okay? It's, it's not someone living for themselves. It's not someone doing it for their own gain. It's not someone trying to get people under, under their control. It's, not, it's none of that. Okay, just, just page to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, okay, so uh, before we go there, 1 John chapter 4 verse 16 says, We know and believe the love God cherishes for us. God is love. We know and believe the love he has for us. God is love. And those who dwell in love dwells in God and God dwells in him. So before we talk about throwing away the crutches, before we talk about counting the cripples walking, before we talk about testifying of deaf ears and blind eyes before we talk about all these things let's just let's just get this much more important thing that flows out into all those wonderful things in place do you know that he loves you do you know the love that he has for you do you know the love God cherishes for you? Do you know the love that he cherishes for the person next to you? Do you know the love that he cherishes for the person you don't like? Do you know the love that he cherishes for your favorite politician and for your least favorite politician? So when... When all the Christians start fighting on social media about whatever country's political scene. Do you know and believe the love God cherishes for that person? If you do, just why don't we tell them? Why do we judge them? So on the one side, we want miracles. But on the other side, we want to judge everybody. Okay? This is not a cease moment. This is just, I'm saying, I'm putting emphasis on God's love. Okay? 
Revival flows out of intimacy with Jesus. The fountain that bubbles, the river that flows, it's from Him. Okay, so even this week, I don't know who of you uh, listened to the messages, but if you look at the river of God, if you look at different scriptures on the river of God, you will somewhere, somewhere find the source to be in the throne. Okay, Daniel chapter 7, you know, the ancient of days sat on the throne and there came a river of fire out of him. Okay, so in Revelation, same thing, out of the throne and out of the Lamb came the river of life. So the river is out of him. But what's the revelation of the river flowing out of the Lamb? The Lamb, as He was slain in the midst of the throne. Okay? So the cross is the Lamb that was slain. The cross is the very seat of God's authority on this earth. No cross, no kingdom of God on this earth. If we have the cross, we have access to the kingdom. Something I keep on saying, 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 saying. Jesus said, I am the door. John 10 verse 8. He opened for us a fresh, new, living Way. John, Hebrews 10 verse 19 and 20. Through the power of the blood of Jesus. That is through his flesh. Through this, the separating curtain, that is through his flesh. So if you look to the crucified Christ... You will find the door to the throne, which is the seat of God's power. Okay? First John 4. While you page there. Oh, you stupid and senseless and foolish and unreflecting Galatians. Let me ask you this question, Galatians 3 verse 1. Did you receive the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, by obeying the works of the law? Or was it by the hearing of faith? Is it by hearing a message and believing it? You unto whom before your very eyes Jesus Christ was set forth graphically portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? By the law? Or by hearing a message and believing it? Not one person in the history of the world has ever received the Holy Spirit by obeying the law. Not even Jesus. Jesus was obviously conceived by the Holy Spirit. But Jesus, Jesus received the Holy Spirit when he was baptized in Matthew chapter 3. And the Father testified, this is my Son. In whom I am well pleased. So why did he get the Holy Spirit? Because he was his son. So why do you get the Holy Spirit? As many as believed on his name gave you power to become sons of God. Who owe their birth neither to bloods nor to the will of the flesh. 
but to God. They are born from above. John 1. Okay, 1 John chapter 4. Listen to this. In this, verse 9, in this the love of God was made manifest. Okay, displayed in brackets. Okay, so displayed, made manifest, revealed, made something invisible, made visible. Where we are concerned. Okay, so this is the love God has for us because it concerns us. In that God sent his son, the only begotten or unique son, into the world so that we might live through him. So just, just look at me. Before we get deeply theological, what is revival about? Re? Vive. What is vive? For something that's dead to live again. For something that has no life to receive life. Revive. Okay? So if someone, you know, passed out and you give, you know, they wake them up, you give them water, they revive. It's like, hey. Revive. Are you with me? Viva, you know? Latin. Okay. That we might live through him. The love of God was made manifest where we are concerned. That God sent his son. So, how, where did he send his son to? To the cross. Okay. So, let's just pause there and go to John 3 verse 16. God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever believes might not. What does that mean in other words? Die. But have eternal life. So love causes life. So revival is an outflow of love if we want God on the scene we need love on the scene because God is love okay verse 10 in this is love not that we loved God but that he loved us now listen and sent his son to be the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Okay. So before you get concerned about verse 11, you need to get verse 10. So just really simple. Herein the love of God was made manifest where we are concerned that God sent his son so that we can live, so that we can have revival. Okay? Not that we loved him. Here in his love. Not that we loved God. But that he loved us and sent his son. So wherein is his love displayed? That he sent his son. Oh, you poor and senseless and stupid and silly and unreflecting Galatians. Listen. You can page to Matthew chapter 22. 23. 22, 23. 22. What does the law say concerning love? Verse 34. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of their number, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what kind of commandment is great and important in the law? So he's asking the question, what does the law say concerning love? 
concerning these things, concerning love. You know what he's going to say. He replied to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great, most important, important principle and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. These two commandments sum up and upon them depend all the what? Law and the prophets. It didn't say these two commandments sum up and upon them all uh, depend all the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, on them depend the law and the prophets. So what's the difference between this command and 1 John 4? The one is, there is an unyielding demand, a standard set, which will not bend for anyone. God, according to the first covenant, demands perfect love as fulfillment. Can I see the hands? Anyone did it? So does it help to demand it? If you go to someone with no money and you demand money from them, will that cause them to have money? So, if I go to someone, you know, governments all over the world needs to start catching on to this. You can't tax people to death and tax them into prosperity. Okay? Okay, now I feel better. Okay. Socialism. Contacts people into prosperity. You can't demand from people what they don't have. So if you demand love from someone who doesn't have love, you set them up for failure. The law sets men up in their weakness. Hebrews 7. No one can do it. So love had to come to earth. Love had to take on a human body. And love had to come and make visible the unseen Father. God is love. So the Father had to be seen. So Jesus said in John 5, I do nothing of myself. The son is able to do nothing of himself. But the son only does what he sees the father doing. I only say what I hear him say. So John 1 verse 18 says, um, No one has ever seen God but the son has come to reveal him, to make him know, to declare him, to reveal him, okay? So in 1 John 4, he also says, oh, I didn't even read Matthew 23. In 1 John 4, he says, verse 12, No man has at any time yet seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is brought to completion to its full maturity and perfected in us. So what did Jesus come to show? Love. No one has seen God, but he has come to reveal the Father. No one has seen God, but if we love one another, love is brought to completion. Okay? The law never made anything perfect. 
So ministering the law is not going to be of any help to bring people to perfection. But Colossians chapter 3, I think verse 16, roundabout, says, or verse 14, says, Love is the bond of perfectness. Love is the bond of perfection, if you will. Okay? Love binds everything into perfect unity. Because love makes the two one. Okay? It brings intimacy it brings fellowship so god so loved you he so wanted to be with you he so desired your company that he sent his son to be rejected of men he was rejected and despised we esteemed him not like someone from whom men hide their faces He was acquainted with grief and sickness and suffering. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. And by the stripes that wounded him, we are made whole. We as sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. But the Lord has made to light upon him the iniquity of us all. There you have the picture of love. That is love. The love revealed where you are concerned. This is God's love for you. This is the fulfillment of the law. Teacher, Matthew 22, what is the most important commandment of the law? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your strength, and you shall love your neighbor like you love yourself. On these two rest all of the law and the prophets. Now we write songs, love the Lord your God with all your heart. We try. Marinus has a as an example. He says, you like, you know, the law says only jump to the moon and you got it. So the the joke is not that that the standard is the moon, the joke is we go outside and try. <laughs> and then I jump this much higher than you and I judge you. And the other guy's got a broken foot and he can't judge and we all laugh at him. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we can't, we all jump higher. He can't jump, that's what I wanted to say, because he got a broken foot. So we laugh at him because I jump higher than you. Ha ha! But the standard is the moon. You're not going to find your way there by jumping. But the grace of God puts you on the moon. How does the grace of God put you on the moon? The hope does not ashamed us. For the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So, the fulfillment of the law poured out in your heart until your heart overflowed my cup overflows so drink the new wine until your cup overflows let your heart let your soul delight in the fatness do you want to live a life without issues without temptations I do. You want to live a life without the flesh? Here is a way I can guarantee you that you'll be in the flesh. Try to be in the spirit. But it's so easy to be in the spirit. 
Just receive him. Just drink him in. I loved what Marna said this morning. The plumbing. The word is the plumbing that brings the living water to you. So I, you know, years ago I had, we, we used to, before COVID, we used to every week go to the hospital to pray for the sick. Okay. So at a, at a stage, I had this thing in my head. Every time I pray for people, I close my eyes and I see myself standing with a hose pipe and spraying them with water. I just stand there and if people think I'm nuts, but their pains go. I just go, with my eyes closed. And then say, where's your pain? Pain gone. So sometimes I do it, you know, secretly. I just take this. I say, take my hands and I see. I see, I see like, and then God shows me stuff. I just stand there and I see, oh, I see God just healing your hip. But I, I just stand there with a hose pipe spraying gunk out of his hip. And then they would say, yes, I had pain in my hip and everything. So test, gone. Okay, so the word is the plumbing that brings the living waters. If you didn't hear it this morning, you know, get the message on YouTube. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. For in the gospel, righteousness which God ascribes and gives to you for free is revealed. And it springs from faith and leads to faith. For the just shall live by faith. Okay. Listen. The only way to fulfill the law is to let him live in you. So how are you going to let his love into your life to love through you? Yes, I'm so excited about what I'm going to say. You just let him love you. First John 4:16. We know and believe the love that God cherishes for us. God is love. Those who dwell in love dwells in God. And God dwells in them. If God dwells in you, the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit who has been given to you. If God dwells in you, God's love dwells in you. If you dwell in God, you dwell in God's love. You can't separate God's love from God. Is there anyone in this place that's born again? By this we shall come to know that we are born of God, that we love one another. You want to see revival? Okay, First John 4. Verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love springs from God. You want the springs of living water and the rivers? And he who loves his fellow men is begotten and born of God and is coming progressively to know and understand God. You want to understand God? Do you want to understand God? Then love one another. Hey, I need to hear this also. God said to me this week, why are you so grumpy? <laughs> Perceive, recognize, get a clearer knowledge of him. Okay. Verse 11. Beloved, if God loved us so very much, we also ought to love one another. Not love the Lord your God and then God will love you. Hapana. He's been, who knows Swahili? Okay. Who's been to. Okay. Who's been to Tanzania? Or. What was it? Zanzibar. Alas is a blur Hapana means no. Okay, for those who don't know. Okay. Every. Before this stupid virus, every year. 
June, July, we go to Zanzibar to minister to the people there. Bless you, Zanzibar. Okay. Second Corinthians 5. It's not a pause for dramatic effect. I'm desperately trying to remember where I was trying to go. What's the time? Okay. Second Corinthians 5. Verse 14. For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us. Because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. How did you die with him? Romans chapter 6. Are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Baptized, buried with him. Communion, sharing his suffering. What does the communion represent? His body broken, his blood poured out. That's the very love of God. You're feasting on the table. He prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. Feasting on the love of Jesus. Just another manifestation of his love. In this, the love of God was made manifest where we are concerned. He sent his son. Communion is you physically eating his love. Partaking of the gospel. And... um, Baptism is you physically being baptized into his death, into his tomb, his, what, his grave, and resurrection. The love of Christ controls, urges, impels us. Because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. He died for all, so that those who live might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. Okay, I wanted to go to 1 Corinthians 13 earlier. Verse 4. 1 Corinthians 13. He says, Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy. Is not boastful or vainglorious. Does not display itself haughtily. Is not conceited, arrogant, inflated with pride. It's not rude. Okay? Love lives in Ochoskokni. It's not rude, unmannerly. Does not act unbecomingly. Okay. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, All those who are burdened and heavy laden, let them come to me. And I will give you what? Rest. Take my burden. My burden is light. My yoke is soft. He says, learn from me. I am meek and gentle of heart. Love is not rude. Does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For all those propagating human rights and stuff. Love does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful in this age where everyone is proud to be so offended. If, if you're offended at everything, it just, you just say, I'm carnal. That's all you're saying. That's all you're demonstrating. Says, it's not self-seeking. It's not touchy. It's not fretful or resentful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love 
never fails. Let's go to, where should we go? Man, there's so many things. If you want to know who God is, if you want Him to live in you and through you, there's a very simple thing that God brings to your life and it's love. Oh, you know, people think, you know, when you get a word, Jesus loves you. Yeah, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. Hey, that's the most important thing you can ever hear in your life. He loves you. If you know that he loves you, you will look like, talk like, act like Jesus. If you know how much he loves you, nothing will be impossible. If you know how much Jesus loves you, you will never have lack. If you know how much Jesus loves you, the dead will be raised. If you know how much he loves you, the blind will see, the deaf will hear. If you know the love that he cherishes for this city outside, for everyone, this country and its people, and its government, all of them, that's a correction to all of us because we all have our preferences. Shall I put it mildly? Okay? The kingdom of God is not concerned with human issues and governments. And the kingdom of God is concerned with the people. Jesus wasn't seen in the princes sitting on soft, with princes sitting on soft cushions. Jesus was walking with the people, healing the sick, raising the dead. He was there between the sinners. The Pharisees said... He's eating with tax collectors and, you know, spending time with those preeminently sinful. Amplified. He says, Those who are sick are not in need of a physician. But those, those who are healed is not in need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go find out what this means. Sacrifices I have not desired. But I desire mercy. Matthew 12. If you had known what this means. You would not have condemned the guiltless. Listen. If the fruit of your life is finger pointing. You need to adjust the direction of your heart. Okay. Isaiah fifty eight. Lord Jesus. There was a thought that's also laughing at me running around. I'm gonna catch it. Just now. Okay. Isaiah 58. Just listen to this. Verse 8. Then shall your light break forth like the morning. Sounds like revival. And your healing, your restoration, and the power of a new life shall spring forth speedily. I like that. Speedily. Your righteousness, your rightness, justice, right, the right relationship with God shall go before you, conducting you to peace and prosperity. And the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. 
If you take away from the midst, from your midst, yokes of oppression, wherever you find them, the finger pointed in scorn toward the oppressed of the godly, and every form of false, harsh, unjust, and wicked speaking. The tongue, though it's a small member, it boasts of great things. James chapter 3. Look at the rudder of a ship. It steers the whole ship. If we set bits in horses' mouths, we can turn their whole bodies about. So the tongue is a small member. With it we praise God. With it we curse those made in his image. Let's go to James chapter 3. Man. Verse 5. Even so the tongue is a little member. It can boast of great things. See how much wood and how great a forest, a tiny spark can set ablaze. The words of a whisperer are as dainty morsels. They go down into the innermost. <laughs> Have you ever had to put out fires of stories that, you know? Tongue, little member, boast of great things. The tongue is the fire. The tongue is a world of wickedness set among our members, contaminating and depraving the whole body. And setting on fire the wheel of birth, the cycle of man's nature, being itself ignited by hell. So, there's going to be a fire driving your tongue. And it's going to set ablaze fires wherever your tongue speaks words. Okay? So either it's going to be ignited by a fire from hell and whatever you speak is just going to destroy. Or, Acts chapter 2, they were all in one place in one accord. So one accord sounds a lot like love, doesn't it? One place, one accord. No, but I want to do differently. I don't. I disagree. They were all in one place, in one accord. So love. And suddenly, there was a sound as of a mighty rushing wind, and tongues of fire divided and set upon each. Tongues of fire. Divided and sat upon each one of them. And they all spoke. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? And they all spoke in other tongues. So if your, love, your heart is touched by the love of God, if the Holy Spirit comes and the love of God is shed abroad in your heart, what's the first thing that will be affected? Your words will change. Love one another. For love springs from God. If God loved us so very much, we also ought to love one another. Okay? It's, such a, it's not a deep theological... It's just, you know, the way you'll get revival. <laughs> Love. Remember at Babel, at Babel, at Babel, they were building this tower to honor themselves, to reach into heaven. You know, the whole thing again of man trying to reach above, above higher than the stars. Okay, so here is man, and they all... They were in one accord and they had one tongue. And God said, 
hey, nothing will be impossible for them. So God went down and he confounded their tongues. What happened? He spread them all over the world. What causes the discord? The tongue ignited by a witch fire. So what causes the tongue to come in alignment with God? Another fire from heaven that touches the tongue. What happened at Pentecost? Everyone came together. And they all heard the gospel in their own dialect. All these different tongues. These guys just stood up. And everyone heard the gospel in their own tongue. Like in Azusa Street, the revival. William Seymour there. Second to right, top row. Okay? Azusa Street. They had a wooden building in Azusa Street, Los Angeles. Early 1900s. And, you know, everyone was up in arms because, like tonight, it was, you know, black and white together in one building. All in one accord. So, when they got in there, people would fall on the ground. Roll around. So, people would come and criticize, walk in there. So it went, it became so intense that flames manifested on the roof. And the, the fire department came to put out the flames. But it was heavenly flames. So it was a fire from heaven. Man, there's stories I want to tell now, but I... There's a little church... On the farm adjacent to our farm. Okay? My dad's farm. You can think what you want. This stuff. Man, I've stepped into it. Let me just tell the story. One day I was sitting with with a lady who knows everything and everyone about revival. And she just knows everyone. She lives here in Pretoria in Watercliff. Susan, if you're watching, I'm so thankful for you honor you so so she was telling me stories about revival her mother told her the stories so her mother and her family they were just outside if you take Linwood Road and you drive out there where you go you know that area those plots there okay they had revival there and there was a pastor there and he stayed on Moy Plas and next to it the the farm where there was revival was called Tigerpoort. So when I was small, my dad farmed on Moeplas and he rented Tigerpoort as extra feed for his cattle. So every weekend we would just drive around there and that's where the revival was. I just, you know, in the bucky waiting for my dad, you know. And then we're driving around and we're looking at the cattle and you know, he's fixing a pipe, and then he's fixing this, and then he's fixing that. And, you know, then we load stuff on the bucky and off of the bucky, and, you know, just stuff like that. But it was in an atmosphere that I didn't even know was there. Okay, so what they, what they described, what happened just here? 20 minutes drive, okay? The people would come and... What's going on here? Holy rollers roll around in the dust in the barn where they had church. Okay? So then they said, you know, my, my dad later on, you know, bought another farm further down. So, Bronkospreit. Okay? So, what happened was, uh, he, he had the two and then he sold this one and he moved everything over to that side. Okay, so... This lady keeps on talking, and she says, yeah, but her mother was there also. There was another revival in Sister Strom. I thought, you must be kidding me. In a little church next to the river, I, I say, I know where that is. If you stand on our farm, you just look down, because the farm is like 
on a mountain. You look down, there's that little church. The farm's name is Kranspoort. Okay? The river goes through it. So on the original farm, Kranspoort is where the revival was. We have a part of the farm, Kranspoort. So since 1991, we've been driving around Saturdays on that farm. In an atmosphere of revival that I didn't know about. I've told these things before. I don't know who of you heard it. So she told about that little church. And there was Pastor Robert said, and he would come under the power of the Spirit. And he would, you know, and they would pray in tongues. And then people would just, you know, and the gifts would flow. And people would have a word. And they would just, man, it's revival. And heavenly flames came upon the roof of that little church. So much so that people came from all over the valley and they saw the flames. They came with their water carts to put out the flames. Early 1900s. Maybe a little bit later than Azusa Street. Maybe in the 19... No, it's a bit later. Should have been around about in the 40s. 1940s, 30s, 40s. I think. Flames on the roof. People coming. What's this? Shebraka shetebre. The stuff has been following me around. I don't know why. I don't know how. So there's these people. There's Oral Roberts. Second to the left. Bottom row. See there? I was going to the hospital praying for the sick in Steve Biko Hospital. I I had no wife and children, so I had a lot of time, so I went there a lot, prayed for the sick. (laughs) Now I have children. And a lot of fun. fun. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so now Niku goes to Steve Biko. Not now, it's COVID, but anyway. Okay. Stop wasting time. So I went there, and this, you know, I believe in stuff. Uh, Acts chapter uh, 19, verse 11 says what? Can anyone tell me? The cloth, the aprons, and the cloth to touch the skin of Paul, and they sent them to the sick, and the sick got healed, and devils were cast out. So, I have a lot of lappies where people prayed over. Prophet Kobus prayed over. Many of them, Marnas prayed over many things. Marnas put his hand on a piece of paper, traced his hand off, and he faxed it to someone in Krugersdorp, and he got healed when he got the fax. If you don't want to believe it, don't. So... My pockets were full of these things. Okay? So I was just praying. I just wanted the anointing with me. All my pockets are full of lapis. Prophet Kobus' lapis, Marnas' lapis, everyone's lapis. Okay? So now my hand, you know, and here's this guy laying on the bed, in the, you know. So I was talking to him and I wanted to say, okay, I want to pray for you. And I felt the stuff and I, oh, there's lapis in my pocket. So I just I started explaining to him the, the lapis. I said, you know, Acts chapter 19 says this, you know. And, you know, we put it on. So I put some of the lapis on him. And I said, listen, I'm going to pray for you. He just looked at me like this. He said, so you're the guy. In 1987, Oral Roberts came to South Africa. And he had a lapis. He wrote, agree with God for your miracle, signed it, and he prayed over it, and he gave it to a lady. He said, this is not for you. This is for someone that God will show to you. I got it here in the office. So she said, I'll keep it in my Bible. She kept it in her Bible. Since 1987. When she got old, she said to her son, listen, this is serious. Keep this. God is going to show you who it's going to be. This is not for you. This is for someone that God will show you. And she gave her son 
Oral Roberts cloth. Perfectly preserved from 1987. So here I rock up at the at the hospital looking like a crazy guy with my pocket full of lappies with people's handprints on it. And this guy reaches over to his side table. He takes out his Bible. He said, this was sent for you from Oral Roberts. There it is. Why? I don't know. My grandfather used to, I didn't even know this. My grandfather used to be a partner of Oral Roberts when he ministered up in Zambia. Zambia. He went to William Branham meetings there, second to the left. I didn't know any of this when I grew up. I had family, generations of people that loved God, that served God, that prayed for me, that prayed for all their children and their grandchildren and the children's children and those children. And children. They prayed for us. I got letters from my, from my grandfather's sister written in Beverage handwriting. She prayed. All those prayers happened. One, two, three. All of it happened. Pray for your children. Pray for people. Why am I saying this? I don't know. I don't even know what I'm doing. What I'm saying is, what's happening here, yes, it's by faith. But you know how many things God had to put in place to get this happening tonight? Do you know how many things happened? How many people laid hands on people through the generations? Smith Wigglesworth laying hands on Lester Summerall, laying hands on Kubis Marinsburg, laying hands on so many of us here. There's things that God wants us to have. And he, done, he doesn't want us to reinvent the wheel and start from scratch. He wants us to receive something from people who went before us. He wants us to, to start with what they had. Stop trying to do it all from the start. Everything. Receive and go from where they ended. I remember one, one time we were, I'll finish now. It's almost 10 o'clock. We need to lay hands on everyone. So uh, we were there in the old coffee shop at the old church in Spiritwood. And we were sitting there, that crowd from Potch, you know, always drunk in the spirit around the table. So we're sitting there. So we're just sitting there and everyone is chatting. And it's before, before the service. So here comes Prophet Kubis and Tanya is walking in. And we just say to them, listen, to us, this is just like the most amazing thing. Thank you for what you're doing. We just said, they spoke in that area. We honor you for what you're doing. Thank you. They say, wait, stop. It's we that are honored that you are here. You will stand. This is what Prophet Kuba said. And he pointed to us. He said, you will stand on our shoulders. And you will go further and faster than we did. That was his heart. You know that. There's people that prayed for you. There's people that contended for revival. There's people that saw some things that we can read about. All those people. You can read of their lives. I'm not going to go through everyone now. There's many more than not just the pictures there. When, when I put pictures on there like that, like it's not just so we can have pictures of people who saw revival. All of their lives have, have had an impact on me. Okay? And all of them had something so rich, something that I can't even start to imagine what it must be like to have what they have. So if God wants us to start with what they ended with. I will restore the years. That the locusts have eaten. All the years that they contended that you didn't contend. God wants to restore 
and take those years out of their lives and just give it to you so that you can have it behind you so that you can go on where they stopped there's something of God in, in the lives of people even people living now don't be proud if there's someone with something receive it if you can recognize from someone walking in the street, if you can recognize God in someone sweeping the pavement, receive. Get what you can. Receive. God wants to give you something. God wants to impart something to you. He loves you so much. He will give the result of someone's life to you. Bam. And I will give you the rain, the former and the latter rain, in the first month. God wants to give it to you. He wants you to just have all of that. So that you can just go further, so that you can go faster. Read biographies of people. I'm serious. God wants to bring revival. 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 Much more than we want revival. God wants to bring revival. All he asks is just your, our attention. Would you just receive the free gift? Their works do follow them.